0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Vegan Academy podcast. I'm your host, Kuhn, and each week, together with another vegan expert, we help you to transform your life and thrive on a vegan lifestyle. But before we head into today's episode, let me share with you the audio course Six Days to Personal Power we just released to the public. If you want to learn the fundamentals on how to change your lifestyle consistently and take charge over your own life, then check out the link in the description below and use the code podcast for 50% off. So now let's get started with today's episode and enjoy listening. Welcome back, everyone, to another Vegan Academy podcast. Well, we are going so fast. This is episode number 12 already. And today we have with us, under the name of Planted Fitness, this vegan fitness coach and podcast host from the UK helps in his three-week challenge, new vegans to optimize their health. Get lean with plants. This is Tom Melody. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
0: Nice. I really, uh, yeah, thank you most of all also for being here. You have been going like a rocket through the vegan fitness world. I've been uh, following you uh, along for a couple of months now, maybe already. And um, yeah, tell us something about your journey over the last couple of months and what it actually is that you do, Tom.
1: Yeah, so I help um, vegans or people who are interested in becoming vegan to basically transition across and also you know, use veganism to optimize their fitness and get in shape or, you know, achieve that kind of um, balance of healthy mindset and healthy body. You know, as we know, it's it's very possible to, to go vegan, but it's very easy mm-hmm. to do it and and not be healthy or or not ultimately use the nutrition to your advantage. So I try and bridge the gap between people, you know, getting from where they are to where they want to be. And the last few months yeah. have certainly been uh, interesting. My whole business is pivoted completely online i was you know an online coach previously um, but now every single one of my clients is obviously online and it's going to be like this for the foreseeable but that's been a hugely positive experience i don't know how it's been for yourself but um you know Mm. lockdown has been obviously it's been difficult in a lot of respects but i'd say i've taken a lot more positives and learned a lot more about myself and my clients and just come closer basically
0: yeah What, uh, like, related to that situation, what kind of obstacles or difficulties do you see with your your clients nowadays, like adapting in this new kind of lifestyle or way of doing things?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest barrier, and I was expecting it to be more barriers, but I think the biggest one was technology initially, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. getting everyone hooked up on Zoom, which I was fortunate enough to to have used Zoom for quite a long time previously. And my clients, we always did a webinar every Sunday, so they did know how to use it. It's just a bit different, obviously. Doing the sessions in and around your living room. Mm. But I found that the, the obstacles have turned into positives because now client you might I mean some clients you would see once a week. And as we all know, you know, it's very difficult. Even if you say, right, you're gonna do this, 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 and this, <laughs> chances of them doing it, you know, hundred percent effort uh, is gonna be very, very difficult. So integrating kind of an, an online aspect of the program. So they're seeing me most days the sessions available multiple times a day. Um, and because we're doing it, you know, in, in the Zoom. It's very possible to to offer that to everybody. Um, my clients have seen much better results than than you know in a normal kind of setup, and that's simply because of the frequency at which we can we can see each other and, yeah. and keep them accountable a lot easier.
0: Th- that's the word accountability. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me and my own fitness, and you know, we're always learning, right? I'm I'm improving as a coach every day. I'm sure you're the mm. same. I'm always learning more and more about fitness, nutrition every single day. And I find that hugely exciting as a coach. But
0: yeah.
1: I, yeah. I remember when I started with my coach, I kind of had the mindset of, you know, I don't, I don't need accountability from you because I will do whatever you ask me. I'm very committed. I'm very driven. And there's always been an element of that in my own fitness. But accountability is much, much more than that, right? It's, it's you know, following a set process that's, you know, given to you in conversation with your coach, because a lot of the time, we, we doubt ourselves, right? And being accountable is not just sticking to a program. It's you know, sticking to one set program for a period of weeks, period of months, um, and, and staying consistent with that. Because I found yeah. myself, I would go from program to program because ultimately, I would doubt my own decision. And I'd set certain macros for myself or I'd set certain targets. And after a few weeks, I'd watch another video or I'd listen to another trainer, someone with equal experience. And I'd think, oh, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. So for me, exactly. accountability was much, much more than just helping me stick to a plan, you know. And it, it, it is so important to, you know, seek out accountability and, and, and put it out there into the, to the world. One thing I do quite a lot now is mm-hmm. really share my goals. If I'm going to do something and I know it's going to be difficult, I'll post it all over social media, make sure everyone knows because then that's going to hold me accountable to making sure yeah, I do it, yeah. right?
0: yeah because exactly
1: the rules that we do every day that are gonna get us from point A to point B. and I think that's one thing that I've really learned even more so over over lockdown, you know
0: yeah. yeah, I did the same with like a morning routine. I had not been the most like getting up early kind of person lately, and I thought like if there's something that I want to change and where I see opportunity to be more productive in the morning, then uh, let's try and change that. And I uh, went up to see sunsets and at the same time, I was like introducing, uh, this whole new morning routine uh, to mm. people on Instagram so that that created instantly this because yeah like in the morning okay I can think by myself hey maybe I don't want to do it for myself but I also can have that uh, accountability to the rest and uh, yeah pull through and actually do that so that's definitely yeah I, uh, do that that's that
1: so true because you never know who's watching about. I mean I've been watching your morning routines and I've seen you've done your um, you know writing in the morning setting mm-hmm. out your um, affirmations and all that kind of thing and, yeah you know having your fruit just having that time to sit and, and and be quiet and i've been watching your morning routine and thinking about how i can maybe incorporate some of that into mine so it's i think it's so powerful social media and we were saying just before weren't mm. we like, you almost feel like you know a person before this is the first time we've properly spoke we've messaged quite a lot and been in contact but yeah you just build up a, a relationship with someone without even without them even knowing right so it's, mm. it's very powerful tool for sure
0: yeah like um Related, uh, yeah, you work, of course, with a lot of uh, clients, uh, Tom, and especially in like transitioning to uh, to a vegan lifestyle. What are some of like the key obstacles that you see that people face?
1: Yeah, I would say initially it's just um, finding where they can get the alternatives in in veganism, and um, just getting past the main thing is, you know, it's such a cliche, but cheese, bacon, all those mm. kinds of things. But I find that after the first initial few weeks, people start craving that very quickly. It's amazing how when we come away from processed food, when we come away from highly palatable foods, we stop craving them as much. And that doesn't mean go vegan, you know, you have to completely omit those. I still have, you know, indulgences once in a while, but once it stops becoming a part of your everyday life where, you know, if you don't have it, you're feeling terrible, then I think Mm -hmm. that's that's an issue and obviously we don't want to be too restrictive for people but there is something to be said I think for certainly cutting down on those things and and just becoming aware because it's not until you kind of I always say to my clients it's like we're in a dark room and and we're getting the you know the the torch or we're we're lighting that match and we're we're looking around and seeing everything that's there that maybe we're not aware of whether that be habits or you know the things that we're consuming day to day just on autopilot until we start to notice what they are so we can become conscious. It's not, not until then that we can start to, to change how we live, right? And you yeah. know, adjust, adjust that in, to, in order to reach
0: our goals. Totally agree with that, uh, Tom. And um, what what is like um, the what kind of people do you work with in general? Is it like a little bit like one audience or it's literally everyone? Quite a
1: mix, you know. And, you know, with lockdown coming in, I've taken on a lot more online clients so people from across the world. Um, yeah. so, you know, lots of I wouldn't say there's a very specific range of people, but I've certainly been helping a lot more people in more senior years recently um,
0: yeah. who have maybe
1: been meat eaters for most of their life and you know, re- recently thought that veganism is something that you only know, crazy people could do. Now actually taking on this lifestyle and seeing the benefits because the evidence is there for us us to see, right? And I think once people... Yeah. Who was I, I? was speaking to Sean, who's um, the active uh, nutrition. I have to get his name right. Active nutritionist um, on Instagram, and he was saying about um, you know once once he kind of understood and learned about the nutrition, and he, he was reading How Not to Die by Dr. Greger. Mm-hmm. He couldn't unlearn what he'd read, and I think that's true for a lot of people, right? Once they see the evidence, they yeah. can't go back. And um, the seed is planted and, you know, I'm sure it was the same when you went vegan and when I went vegan, you you resist it. But then you kind of think, you know, this makes sense and you learn more and then slowly integrate
0: it into your life. The contemplation uh, phase before uh, you actually change something. That's uh, what happens a lot, right? There's uh, voices going on and on in the mind until uh, we make a decision and think like we actually go for it. Um, Like when you look at, yeah, you said when you look a little bit at what like people have in common is of course, like those kind of typical things that have a certain emotion attached to, uh, often often those heavy emotion foods that make it sometimes hard to change. But regarding to literally changing lifestyle itself, because we all know like doing things out of our comfort zone is not an easy process. What do you see that are like some of the key obstacles uh, that people that you work with face?
1: Yeah, I think I think nostalgia and the social aspect of food is very very challenging for a lot of people. So it might be that you know they always have this type of food with their family members or whatever. For example, my partner um, she has a very nostalgic memory of I think she used to go swimming as a child with her dad, and they would come back and have this. I think it was some kind of dripping or something, and on bread, right, white bread, and that to her. Um, she has it in a different form now, but it's something that she feels very comforted by when she um, you know consumes that food and thinks about her dad or you know has that with her dad still to this day it's we, we become very attached to food and we're very comforted by it and um, sometimes letting go of that or finding an alternative it depends how you look at it right because you can still have that it just might be a different version is a challenge for some people and also you know the social aspect is, is a massive thing that we We shouldn't underestimate, even though we were just saying before, you know, it feels like our community is is so large. But in reality, it's it's so small and it's it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking everyone in the world is vegan. When you're on Instagram, when you're on LinkedIn and, you know, we're following our hashtags and whatnot. But in reality, this area that I'm in currently, which is the north of England, if I was to go in the street and ask people if they were vegan, they would probably laugh at me because there won't be too many. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we do have to appreciate that a social aspect is going to be a huge, huge barrier to people. And also cooking as well. It's just like you say, veganism really does put you out of your comfort zone in a lot of areas. And it's easy to forget. Mm. I was saying in my podcast yesterday um, that when you first go to the gym, it's a very intimidating place, right? Right, And it's very...
0: You see all these big guys and fit girls and you're thinking like, what am I doing here?
1: Exactly. And then very quickly you forget about that, don't you, right? You know, you go to the gym, you train, you walk in, you find your group of people, you find your friends, you know what you're doing, you, you don't feel like so much like a spare part. And so you forget <laughs> what it was like when you first went to the gym. And the same can be said for veganism. Like, I remember back to the first few meals I used to make, and a lot of them were disastrous. And, uh, you know, at that point I could have just said, no, nah, it's not for me, you know, yeah. it's too difficult. I've, I messed up the cumin, I messed up polenta, I messed up so many stuff, but... I think it's just allowing yourself to fail and um, you know that's a big struggle for certainly my clients but I find that the the ones that have almost um, like a a pain point to work with some some of my clients have been um, quite ill in the past and you know it's really important for them to take action on the health and it goes much deeper than just losing a few pounds to look good in a bikini or whatever it's the difference between them living for a longer or not and seeing their family seeing their grandchildren so I think you can get through any struggle if your your why is strong enough and that's why a lot of the work i do with my clients is coming back to that all the time
0: yeah you say you're having a very clear why that's something that i preach a lot as well Mm. can you go a little bit deeper into that because i know that this is a very important topic
1: yeah so obviously when we start a fitness journey it's going to be difficult right at the beginning it's easy and um I think it's in an ancient Sanskrit. Um, a guy called Pete Cohen always talked about this. He's one of my, my coaches and mentors. Um, I don't know if you know him, but he always speaks about being a hero in the beginning and how, you know, at the start of a program, it's so easy to, you'll, you'll literally move mountains to achieve anything in the first few weeks. And then reality sets in and things get difficult and we start to slip with the nutrition and we've all been there, we're all human, you know. We're not, we're not as coaches, we're not robots. We, we struggle <laughs> as well. And um, you know, it's what's going to get you up and get you to the gym and get you tracking your nutrition and get you staying on the meal plan when you can't be bothered, when it's not fun, exciting, and novel anymore. It comes back to the why, and if your why is purely superficial, um, you know, a lot of time clients say, "I know, I want to, I want to have abs." Yeah, but why? (laughs) Why? why You know, it's it's always a a deeper reason, right? You you might want to have abs because you might want to. You know, feel more attractive in front of your partner, or you might wanna have more confidence or prove to yourself that you can achieve a goal. So it's not necessarily a physical thing, but it's what that physical aspect gives you that's important,
0: yeah. right? What it represents.
1: Yeah, completely. So I think it's really helpful to begin with the end in sight. So when you start a goal, when you start a fitness journey, you uh, know what your why is and you know where you are now and where you want to be. There's uh, that is book, isn't it? The, the the habits of highly successful people? Yes. I think. Covid. Number, number two, yeah. I've not I've not read it, but I've, yeah, I've
0: read, read it a couple ah. of times actually. So it's oh, really okay. Good.
1: Yeah. What is it? Rule number number two is begin with the end in mind, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will have to give that one a go at some point. So many books to read, so little I will ask this, you second.
0: But this one is a is a is a pillar, I would say. These. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. For for me, uh, this was one of the books that I uh, read, like in my. Uh, Early start of my professional career and like in my education, I read this book actually twice and it's, uh, yeah. I'm going to write it down. That's what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I've got such a a long, I don't know if you've got the same, uh, such a long reading list of books. you, You know, I feel like when someone recommends a book to you, that's a, a special thing, almost, because you know they're taking time to think about it and mm. it's an investment, isn't it? You know, you could be spending a minimum of, if you're listening to it on Audible, eight nine hours. If you're reading it, for me, it could be half a year. You know, it takes yeah. so long. To,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't read that many books. I maybe read a couple a year, actually, but I really read them. I really go in. I read things a couple of times. I make some notes. Uh, that's how I like I really research them almost uh, more and uh, really try to get something out of it. I think that's important when it comes to uh, to reading. Uh, uh, Tom, to get like a little bit um, back on topic when it is uh, related to changing a lifestyle, um, like what are one of the, yeah, would you say like maybe biggest mistakes that people make when, uh, when trying to change?
1: Yeah, I would say um, potentially doing too much too soon. And, I do admire people who change overnight and um, I, that was kind of how I went about it. But for a lot of people, I don't think that that works. And it's like when we're trying to lose weight, we don't want to throw the kitchen sink at every, all of our efforts straight away. You know, it's better to another book, one thing, um, you know, better to focus on doing one thing and doing it well and getting that into our habitual and then moving forward. So I think, yeah, just trying to take over the world overnight can can be a reason that people fail because a lot of people do try veganism and then, you know, they yeah. revert back and we have to kind of ask, you know, why that is. And I think that's a big part of it. Another, another reason is, um, you know, expecting too much from this lifestyle. I think a lot of people see it as a silver bullet in that they might be frustrated that for years they've not lost weight and um potentially using veganism in in the wrong way and um you know they think if they go vegan they'll lose it all completely but as we know just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're healthy and even though i'm um, a fitness coach and you know my life is spent researching how to be healthier how to help people optimize their health um i went vegan because of the the animals really and you know, the health side of things was was a bonus. So that's kind of my why. And the, the, the driving force for me is to help people to see that this way of living is more sustainable, it's kinder, and it's better for yourself. It goes beyond, you know, anything that I achieve in business is purely to promote this way of, of living. And I think just me knowing that and having that helps me to keep going with it. And I don't see barriers I just see, oh, okay, there's this vegan option rather than I can't have all of this stuff and I think you kind of need to develop that. It doesn't come straight away, but, you know, big reason that people fail is that they've done it for the wrong reasons, ultimately.
0: Yeah, and then that comes back to having a clear why again, which you said uh, there's basically like the funding of every process of change and then you can reverse engineer where you actually want to go towards to. So, super, super powerful. And, like, how how can... um, people implement change easier into life like having a clear why but when it actually comes down to the changing process itself are there certain things certain routines or certain habits that people can focus on to just make that process easier in general yeah i think
1: to develop a new a new habit you, you like i say you first need to become aware of it and then focus on one thing I would say to my clients, what's, what's the one thing that we can look to change for, for this week? And, you know, just, just one thing mm. that might be, I'm going to drink more water. And then the next week it might be, I'm going to try and get more steps in, you know. Yeah. If you try and do it too quick, again, it it fails. And I think that's where a lot of people do go wrong. It's a process at the end of the day. And everyone, everyone works differently. Um, but I think another important thing for habit change is, your coach can't tell you what to do in order to to make steps you have to come to that realization yourself because people don't change when you you dictate to them do they right you know they have to they have to realize like with veganism you know when you see the evidence and you know you ponder it and the seed is planted and you come to your own realization this is why I don't really think you know I see why vegans get angry and they shame people in public and I can see why they would do that but I don't think it's helpful for, for the movement in general because you, you're just going to upset anyone. I mean, if you were to go into to my house and start ripping it apart, even if you were correct, even if the walls did need painting, even if my chair was horrible, <laughs> I'm still going to tell you to to get out of the house because, you know, it's, it's my house and, and that's personal. And it's the same with people's choices. You know, we've lived this way for a long time and people are not always doing it maliciously. A lot of the time, they just don't know the information that we know, and we have to remember that we, not so long ago, were living the same way and we had the same Mm -hmm. objections, so it's much better to educate people and and lead by example, and they slowly come along. Some of my clients um, come on board, and certainly in the local area, when I used to do a lot more face-to-face stuff, in the area just outside of London, that I operated out of, it wasn't a hugely vegan area. And I say hugely, there's no vegan restaurants, it's very rare. People would come up to me in the gym like, oh, you're vegan, that's that's crazy, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) But even there, I would find, I wouldn't mention veganism at all to them until I've been working with them a few weeks and then maybe it would start coming up in conversation, but generally it would come from them and they would want to try new ways because they would see, you know, maybe what I'm posting online, how I'm living. When you lead by example, it's the best way to do, right? And then, you know, you're, you're living within your morals and you're inspiring other people ultimately.
0: Yeah, leading by example, I believe that that is uh, definitely the way as well. Um, yeah, we talk about a lot about lifestyle. Like, are there certain habits in your life specifically, Tom, that really, um, like, of course, like, we know, like, I know as a personal trainer, and movement, mindset, nutrition that's all important, but it's like it's like some kind of like secret ingredient, it's like a secret sauce, uh, habits that you really like to, imp- to apply for yourself that just give it that extra in life for you. Yeah, I think
1: the interesting thing that I have learned in the last couple of weeks is that uh, habits are subject to change at any point, and mm. you know, people people think that when you develop the habit of exercise, that's it. You're sorted. You will always stick to it. But I always say to my clients, most days I cannot be bothered to work out. Honestly, you know, it's sometimes it just, I just don't feel like doing it. And especially at home, you know, it's for me, it's not, you know, I prefer to go to the gym. Absolutely. You can get results at home. There's nothing stopping you getting results at home. But for me, I prefer to, to be in a different place to where I'm working. And, you know, even though I train people in the gym, you understand what I'm saying. Um, It, yeah i'd like to get out of the house and so it's sometimes difficult to um kind of you know keep with the habit and yeah. if you they say don't you if you drop a habit for two days and it's kind of you know you, you're on a slippery slope and i think one thing i i had some um real challenges in the last few weeks personally and that kind of rocked my habits and you know i had to I just didn't have the motivation that was previously there. So, you know, things started to get a bit more challenging and I had to focus in in different ways. So, once you have the habit, it doesn't mean that it's set for life. And, you know, there's ways that we can keep ourselves inspired and keep on track. And if you do fall off, it doesn't matter. You can just get back up again, right? And, and
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely true. And, uh, like, and what are then something specifically for you, Tom, that you like to do, for example? Um, yeah yeah so, something extra or because, because like like if I look at myself for example you know in my life like okay I, like I really enjoy working out like that's something for me like I get a lot of passion out of it. same with nutrition I love to eat good I love to be in the kitchen I don't mind if that uh, is an hour and before I know the time is gone so I like out of taking care of myself I honestly like that's my hobby as well you know I love doing that uh, but I doubt that that is the case for the majority of people, and uh, like of course it's nice uh, to do your workouts to 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 move your body uh, to to drink enough water and to uh, to nurture nurture yourself well but like what is something that you see maybe that people miss besides that, or what is something that you like to implement yourself as well
1: yeah, so um one thing that I like to do is early mornings i love love to get up at half four five in the morning and yeah. I, there's something special for me about that those first few hours um, where I like to for the first half an hour of the day I get a glass of water and my coffee and then I will study my Italian for 15 minutes I'm still not great at the Italian at all um, but I'm trying my best and then I will read for 15 minutes and I like to do that before I do any work and I say I like to do it before I check my phone but you know Inevitably, I will check my phone before doing that, even though I'm tr- I'm working on it. You know, it's it's, um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a process. Program. Yeah, and then um, just get me prepped for for the day ahead, and then I'll do some more deep work for for the business and for the clients. And after that, it's kind of turned into you know doing the session and then my workout. So I think getting up early and my workout. If I was to not have those in a day, I would feel so strange. And even yeah. though I say you know some days I, I I don't feel motivated to work out, I always do. It's and I think that's the difference between when you develop a habit and when, when you, it's just something that you kind of do occasionally, even though you don't feel like it, it's just absolutely non-negotiable. And while you won't spring into action for every workout, you will still get it done because it's no, it's no other option, right? And um, yeah, those two things help me in life. If I didn't have workouts and I didn't have, you know, getting up early and enjoying that morning, I think I would be really struggling with, um, you know, a lot of aspects of life. That just gives me a, a way to keep going for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tom, like for people that are really in the position struggling to yeah, start up a new habit, like what would maybe a, we said, we said already like uh, identifying a why something that you, why you really do the thing that you will want, that you want to do. And as well, like start simple. So starts very small. Um, like I know that a lot of people are overwhelmed and especially now when there's so much information out there, I'm sometimes guilty of that myself as well, that I think like, mm-hmm. okay, wow, like there's so many things that I can do, but yeah. where to start? Like how, how can you make a decision like that? Or what do you advise people that you work with, for example?
1: So when they're looking to kind of create one, one new habit.
0: Exactly. When you re- what is like the, the, the step to start? Because I know already starting is like a huge obstacle for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think starting is the main thing, isn't it? So for me, it's not too important what what they do to start as long as it's something because starting gives you the motivation. It's like if you want to do a workout, right? All you have to do is decide to pick up the weight, do a squat. Once you've done one squat, you will want to do more than one squat. And then that leads to you finishing a whole workout. By the time you finish the workout, you're going to feel less likely to grab a donut, right? So you start living healthier. And I think, yeah, just... Looking at your your goal, as we say, beginning with the end in mind, and just thinking what thing is going to be most helpful to me right now, and then choosing that and going with it. And, and the, the thing is, we can spend so long. And I've been guilty of this certainly with my business and lots of things. We can spend so long being perfectionists, which is great, but just waiting until the stars are aligned, everything's perfect. I can't do it now because it's lockdown. I can't do it now because you know it's raining, it's sunny, whatever. Yeah. there's always an excuse we've just got to start regardless and do what we can like my workouts are not as optimal now as what they are normally in the gym but i'm still doing it you know I've, I've only got two kettlebells eight kilograms and some resistance bands but we can still work with that you know if you see the barriers you um will never get properly started right exactly
0: just start doing no matter what just the thing that comes to <laughs> mind and uh I, with the workouts that's so true i actually shared it in like an instagram story also this week and I, I really believe that that is so true. Like, like I said, I'm, for me, it's quite easy to do my workouts because I really enjoy it and also body weight. For me now at home, I'm kind of in my element. This is what I'm used to do. So for me, it's not that hard to stay motivated, I would say, but still I have my days. And also when I, I, I like to train an upper body. the lower body is already a little bit less. And yeah, you have to just get started. And when you get started, yeah, before you know, you finish a whole workout. That's so true. Uh, Tom, this is already the last question that I'm actually going to ask you for today. Um, question that I ask everyone here on the podcast uh, because I like to create a little bit of accountability and I think it's also really cool to see uh, yeah, your thoughts, your predictions on the next year. So I would like to ask you, next year, you're going to be back here. We're going to have another podcast episode. Brilliant. And what has changed in that year? Where are you?
1: So this time next year, I yeah. want to be able to help a lot more clients in my um, online platform only. So my, my goal is to move away from um, the gym ultimately. Yeah. And so by this time next year, I will, have, I will be a fully online coach, um, providing you know, my sessions in a similar way to what I'm doing now during Zoom because I think there's much more potential to reach a lot more people. So I'd like to have almost 70 clients by this time next year, helping 70 vegans or people who want to become vegan. Um, Yeah, I'm not not really... I don't get fired up by people who just want to lose weight. You know, I like to help people to discover this way of living. And as I say, my big why is to spread awareness that this way of living is healthy for yourself, healthy the planet and healthy for the, the animals. So I'd like to be helping around 70 vegans or people who are transitioning to be vegan um, in an online capacity for sure.
0: Sounds amazing uh, Tom. Definitely reachable if I see how hard you are going on social media lately and the results that you're getting with your clients and yeah the wisdom that you're sharing here today. Uh, for me also really nice to see because I had a lot of different people now in the last 10-12 uh, yeah, podcasts and this the the things that you are speaking about today. This is something that I have been speaking a lot about as well within uh, yeah my own community lately. So yeah, it's nice to see that that um, yeah that that those tactics, so to say, those tactics uh, are implemented uh, for a lot of people all around the world, and uh, that, that is something that really works to get people results. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us uh, here, Tom. Um, Maybe one last word of wisdom, one final thing that you would like to say to the audience today where you think of like, okay, that's uh, something that was on my mind that I would like to share.
1: I think I would say that um, particularly in the last sort of couple of years, um, while I've been helping people to, you know, optimize their health, one thing that I've noticed is often the thing that I am scared of, often the thing that I I don't want to do is exactly what I should be doing, and previously, and I didn't even realize I've always been hard working and everything. But I looking back on how I used to operate, even without even realizing, I would try, shy away from situations that scare me and in some way try and adjust it so that it was a little bit more bearable. But now I know that if I'm ever scared of something, that you, you go full on for it, and that is probably the best thing that you can do. And um, so, if you're you know listening to this and thinking, I really want to get started but it fills me with dread to to approach someone or to you know start a new program or to, to unpick my nutrition then just try and do what is most scary and, and take action because you always feel 10 times better after it's done right whenever you do something scary that's an achievement and that is how we grow right as humans so that's my last thoughts i would say
0: 100 percent agree with that and that's also the core principle of your comfort zone. The comfort zone is there to protect you. So whenever you're going to try to step out of that, it is going to tell you that you're scared because it literally doesn't want you to change. So yeah, Tom, thank you for sharing those, uh, those last words with us. I'm going to thank everyone for listening uh, here today and yeah, to be back with another episode, of course, next week. Tom, once again, thank you very much for being here and uh, good luck with the business. Let that uh, community grow, I would say, and it's amazing to uh, hear your inspiring story here with us. Thank you very much.
1: Pleasure. Thank you. Take care.